Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. I'm your host, Chris, here by myself for a quick intro today. Hope everyone's out there is doing okay. I hope everyone has enjoyed the new Blink album. Hopefully uh, on the next on the next episode, Nick and I will get into some thoughts on that one. Um, for today's episode, I spoke to singer David Michael Frank, who has just recently put out a new single, Talk To Myself, but we spoke a couple of weeks ahead of this. And David's been out uh, recently on like his own organized tour called the Private Party Tour, which had kind of like a pre-party at uh, When We Were Young Fest at the weekend that he was telling me about. And speaking of which, um, any listeners that made it out to that festival, I hope you had a good one. I was very jealous to not be there. Some of those sets looked amazing. I mean, it was almost like my perfect lineup. It was basically, my personal taste, it's missing Quiet Drive and Social Distortion. Apart from that, it had like all my favorite bands there. It looked absolutely amazing. Anyway, I am going to stop rambling and let's jump into today's interview. All right, catch you for a, a new episode soon. Hey, David. Um, I'm Chris, by the way. Nice to meet you, David. Yeah, likewise. I'm based over in the UK, just just outside of London. Whereabouts are you based? I'm in Nashville. Are you from Are you from that part of the world, or did you kind of move there for music purposes? I I moved here. Uh, I was in Los Angeles for the last few years, and I, I loved it there. The weather's perfect. Um, but yeah, when it came down time to sort of like you know get a house you can't uh, can't afford to live in LA it's really expensive and, and right, raise right. A, a family I have a, I have a baby um and uh Nashville's just far more comfortable for that I wanted to be in a music city um so yeah, yeah Nashville just became the the solution how, how, how have you found like balancing parenthood and kind of working in the industry that you do it's tough uh we we my wife and I both work from home she's a youtuber um yeah. and we we pass the baby back and forth but I do professional audio so it's a lot harder I think for me to watch him while like blippy's on in the background while I'm like <laughs> singing or recording or yeah, um, yeah, yeah but yeah no it, it's been it's been cool and and it's inspiring to see like a little mind start to put it together and like i'm not gonna like sure. force music on him but he's pretty musical so it's pretty uh, okay. cool okay okay it's in his genes clearly yeah man and like um blippy is distracting at the best of times i mean i don't have kids myself but i have nephews so i'm i'm aware of uh... yeah. you're familiar <laughs> you're familiar with blippy <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's uh it can be a tough watch i find but you know whatever keeps them happy right <laughs> absolutely speaking of your music you've recently you've recently put out a song called um fuck me over how's how's that one kind of been received great uh so it's it's all a part of a bigger batch of music uh starting at the top of the year i i sort of stopped chasing virality and singing dream on covers for for to gain new followers which is a great yeah. way to do it um but i i started only doing independent music with all of my time uh and recording my recording my originals um and so i put out so what last month um yep. and i chose uh fuck me over for the second single um it's a bit of a rebellion from that one and i i know that there's a struggle with each song sort of redefining how a listener will see you as an artist so i'm antsy to already redefine myself again uh especially because i knew fuck me over was going to be uh riskier uh yeah. the first song so what was sort of middle of the line mid-tempo energetic rock that'll like the rock people will like but the like soft people won't be like ah oh, that's too much for me 
Um, yeah. It sort of was going to fit for everyone. Um, Fuck Me Over was like a little darker, like uh, Demi Lovato pop rock, but it also has an explicit lyric in it. So it's very uh, on like pointed, but also like a heart wrenching kind of a song. Uh, it's yeah. sort of a lot to listen to. I like I love the song uh, and it means so much to me, but it's a it's a mood it's not necessarily like driving with the top down in the sunshine yeah. kind yeah, of a yeah. song um so i keep i keep trying to to reintroduce myself uh in other ways because i like a lot of different genres and a lot of the music mm -hmm. is all over the place um so uh, i'm excited to 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 put out my next one, which will be uh, a little more inspiring and hopeful and acoustic, but also in sort of like the dashboard confessional lane instead nice. of like the dark Demi Lovato or pop rock lane. So yeah, a lot of styles, but it's been extremely well received and it's exciting to put it out. You mentioned the next one. Is that is that talk to myself? Uh, oh, you're out. Let's go. Let's le you want to leak it? Uh, you can leak it. You have leaked. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I tell you what, I will. So that's coming out on October 20th and I'll put out this episode just after that's come out so let's just say that that song is out so i've heard it so we you know we can kind of discuss it a little bit and it's okay. out there for the listeners to hear now so um let, yeah let's go with that angle you could put this out a few days earlier too if you want i will okay. already probably okay. be doing a pre-save campaign so it's all good right. <laughs> yeah nice man like and, and I, I know what you mean with like the dashboard vibes with that one are you going to continue releasing more music as as the year goes on or is this the last one for a while it's been a bit of a sprint because this tour is so involved and so time consuming um yeah. so i did have to step away from the album a little bit and now i'm sold, sort of multitasking both of course um but i know that the end of the year is a little slower uh, as far as releases go. Um, but I, I, I'm not kidding. I actually have 25 songs all at the finish line. Oh, wow. uh, okay. Most of them just need vocals, but the way I recorded everything was very like all the drums, all the bass, all the guitars, and yeah. like everything is sort of sitting right there. And then I push so what forward and I push fuck me over for it. So at this moment, I have five songs done, mixed, mastered, done, no more changes. I have the nice. best mastering engineer in the entire world, Ted Jensen, mastering them. Um, and uh, those five are ready to be released, and I'll probably start teasing those sounds. Um, if something were to go viral, I could release it. Um, but I plan to start doing a very creative, hopefully, uh, strategic um, release strategy instead of saying, hey, my album release date is this. I yeah. want things to be ready. And then I want to try to get things to go viral. And if I can get things to go viral, I will already be in my distributor, ready to go. The sounds will be populated and I can turn it on because we're in yeah. a very much a world where it's not it's not super helpful to be like, hi, my pre-save is a month from now. It's really more instant gratification of a world right now. Sure, so sure. Uh, I, I plan to be a little more um, shoot from the hip with the songs that are done and ready to go. And then once there's a fire started, then I'll set an album release date. Tell me a little bit about the uh, this private party tour you've got coming up, because it looks like you, you, you're sort of taking a different approach to just kind of the standard way of booking a tour. And what's the thinking behind it? Well, I wonder if the UK is a similar uh, struggle, but but in America, the, the typical way to tour, of course, is um, an agent. Uh, is the yep. one that has the relations with the venues and the promoters. Um, cool. And and they go and they pitch 
shows and whatnot, and then deals come in, and it's super competitive right now. So uh, the more people want to tour than our venues are available, and as a result, that drives income down. At the same time, venues are collecting more money from artists uh, than ever before. You've, you're starting to see a lot of speak about the income disparity, about all of that, and um, yeah. Promoters will keep thousands of dollars for printing flyers and finding an opener, and the venues will hold thousands of dollars uh, for their expenses, uh, write off all kinds of things that maybe don't even eat, they weren't even in existence at the show. Um, and yeah. then uh, merch cuts is a very big issue. Um, and then they're making the money on food and drink. So I, I was uh, struggling. I was begging for tours i had a handshake deal with an agent i was begging 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 how about this tour my friends would announce and say oh this tour maybe this tour oh this will be great and then and then uh all of a sudden i was getting nothing and and i we found out uh my wife and i found out that we were pregnant we knew we were yeah. going to have a baby at the end of the year and i wasn't getting the tours and i was having the songs getting close to finished and it was like what do i do do yeah. i put out not do we have the baby and then i put out music next year and we wait a few months like what do i do um so i came up with a crazy idea and the idea was this there's all kinds of rental venues out available like if you were to book a wedding you would go research a venue available for rent and yep. uh there's all kinds of venues from um, like really nice performance spaces, uh, theaters, churches on a Tuesday. Uh, in New York, I have a mall that closes at seven and then I have the underground of the mall booked out. There's all kinds of venues that are honestly nicer than the regular dirty rock venues and cleaner. And some of them have better lighting and sound because they're usually more for film. Um, yeah. So I, I, for about $1,000, maybe a little bit less, but $1,000 at venue, I rent the venue and yeah. i own a hundred percent of the ticket sales it'll all come to me but now yeah. i have to do everything else so sure. i can set up food i can set up drink i can get any additional vendors like that get the proper insurance get the licenses needed but it's my event no one is telling me what to do in fact i have i have no rules except for the state laws and yeah. i can i actually think it's a far better even though it takes money to to invest in yourself at the beginning, the amount of money that is withheld by the venues and the agents and the promoters before an artist yep. gets paid is yep. thousands of dollars. And I upfront a thousand dollars and now I'm in a different situation. Um, and I think it it goes it scales down if you're an artist that only has 10 fans, you can rent a small room. I'm renting rooms that are like 200 people, so that's that's a lot. Yep. But if yeah. I had 2,000 people, it's actually not that expensive to rent very large warehouse spaces. So, uh, the, of course, that creates all kinds of new things, like uh, all kinds of logistics, um, like the crew and bringing my own sound and lighting. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm doing it. I'm doing all of it. And I am creating a tour that is unlike a tour any other artist has ever done because it's the most personal thing ever. And just like if you were to come over to my house, I would make you a cocktail and make you dinner and make you feel uh, like I would be a host. And I yeah. have uh, that's just a little bit who I am. And now I'm literally playing you host bring it into that across world. the United States. Um, and I also see artists complain about not getting shows booked in the cities that their fans are. I literally went through my fan list and I chose yeah. the cities that had the most fans. 
Um, yeah. And I routed it and I chose the days and the dates and every single thing. And sure, I put a bunch of money on my credit card and tried to get tickets on sale as soon as I could to try to yeah. like yeah. not have to pay the bill. And I did have to pay the bill, but then I got tickets on sale and I, and I, I broke even, um, Amazing. which was really heartwarming. Um, and this all started because, and I missed saying this at the beginning of my story, but the agent that I was sort of working with, he told me he didn't believe in me. He told me really? that he didn't want to book me a tour until I released more original, original music because I hadn't released it in a while. But I've toured the U.S. nine or ten times. I've toured Europe and the U.K. twice. Really? Uh, I have a lot of – yeah, I have a lot of fans, Yeah. but I have not been as active, especially under my name because for the last decade I've been under band names. And I just switched to my name a year ago, and I only have now – Two, now I only have three songs under my name, despite yeah. 150 yeah. songs under band names. What what band names were you under? My previous band name was called Future Sunsets, and I held on to that uh, as the last iteration of a band that was four guys put into a boy band, and then we had bad management, and we signed a horrible deal, and we tried to get out of it, and they tried to get not get let us out, and cease uh, and desist okay. letters and ugliness, and then three guys as an independent band, and we were doing great things, and we were yeah. touring uh, the U.S. And, and Europe, and then the band, one of the band members changed our social media passwords and held it hostage for a large amount of oh, money. It had mafia ties, and we didn't oh, want to... And there were like actual threats against us and our families and and my ex girlfriend's family at the time. Um, and and then uh, three guys becomes two guys, and now we are called Future Sunsets. Even though I had to leave behind what felt like all my songs that I loved in that in that three person band. Um, and then I, and then my my guitar player fell in love with a Norwegian model, just like every band. Um, you know, <laughs> you lose your member to that. Um, yeah, and yeah. he moved to Norway. Um, <laughs> we're on great terms. He was he was a groomsman at my wedding, and he's an incredible okay. photographer. Um, yeah. And uh, and now I was the last remaining member of Future Sunsets, and I held on for that uh, to that brand band name just because I owned some shirts for far too long, um, yeah. and uh, I switched over to my name a year ago. That's quite the story. How did uh, how did Peter Hart get involved in your upcoming tour? Was it just, did, were you just like, hey, look, I've got a couple of uh, TikTok followers here. You might want to uh, get some comments. It's sort of like Is that. It that way? Or? It's a little bit. So like, you can, uh, you can understand, <clears throat> I'm an independent artist. And yeah. to be an independent artist, you need to be able to not only make music. In fact, I, I'm not trying to talk about myself, but to advice to any artist, your music, of course, has to be phenomenal. Because now with streaming it's an even playing field you or bruno mars they have the choice to listen on the same yeah. platform whatever you want right so yeah. um you have to be phenomenal but you also need to understand music production photography videography content creation social media marketing business um so you asked me how did pizza hut get involved <clears throat> through all of this i've learned a lot of the different skills but one of the things is social following is value and you can create content that is great for a company. So I've luckily built up a decent following and yeah. I've been able to work with some really incredible brands to help them do marketing stuff. So like Microsoft and I mean, even the Sony headphones I'm wearing right now, they gave yeah. to me and I did with a campaign where I did like a looping video with my headphone case. And I like did a song that was on a Sony records artist and I promoted their headphones. Um, So those are, those are like real things that I do. And then to do yeah. those, you have to make, um, I, I make pitch decks 
Um, so if there's a brand that makes sense to reach out to, I'll reach out to them. I have a person that I often work with with brand deals. So uh, so basically, uh, yeah, I made a pitch deck um, to Pizza Hut, and they loved the idea that I, I was cheesy cheesy in my pitch deck. And <laughs> I literally said that. And I uh, I told them about the tour and ta- talked about thinking outside of the box. I know, cheesy, but but they loved it and they wanted to uh, be a part of the tour and gift me free pizza for uh, my VIP. Um, and Amazing. that's awesome to have like validation from a company like Pizza Hut that says, yeah. hey, we believe in you and what you're doing and we want to be a part of it. Um, and Pizza Hut's actually not the only company that's came on for VIP. I have two more companies that are on. Um, by the time this airs, they'll be announced so I can say it, but uh there's a there's a smoothie and juice company called nectar juice smoothies and they're giving my vip all free uh you know cold pressed juices and smoothies that'll be like delicious and healthy um to combat the pizza um but then also (laughs) uh uh insomnia cookies is like a delicious cookie company and they're giving my vip all free cookies they actually care about them being warm so i have to like make sure they're warm um i also <laughs> have to make sure the cold juices are cold um right so uh for both of those yeah i've got i've got really exciting um offers that i can my vip like i said i'm playing host and now my vip gets like free food and cookies <laughs> and smoothies and I don't know. It's sort of awesome. I know. Is is are you doing like kind of uh, when we were young fest pre party as part of this as well? I read something about that. Yeah. So last year I I attended I attended the festival last year just as a yeah. fan, and people yeah. were recognizing me. They're like, "You're that uh, guy from TikTok," and I was like, ah, yeah, "I'm sorry, yeah. I am that guy." I know. <laughs> um, and you know, it planted a little seed in my head of like, I should. I should put an event on. I should do everybody was trying to figure out what to do the Friday before when we were young fest. And I was like, I should yep. do a concert. So when I started to plan this tour, I actually forgot I had when we were young tickets for this year. So I started routing the tour and I was like going up to Canada and Toronto. And I was like, and then I was like, I looked at my calendar and I was like, Oh no, I have to be in Vegas in October. I have tickets. Yep. I have a hotel room. Yep. Um, so I scrapped my original tour routing and I planned the tour to get me to Vegas the Friday of when we were Young Fest. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it is a regular private party tour show. And I found a venue that is very close walking distance to the festival grounds um, that has a rooftop stage, it overlooks uh, the strip. Um, and it's a bigger venue than my regular venues. So I changed the name of the show. It's not just private party tour. It's the official unofficial pre-party for when we were young fest and twitchcon and it's an open night before the festival to come out and meet like-minded individuals and see the private party tour as well as special guests from the festival and from twitchcon so i'm like i'm working on lining up uh guests that are, have the night off that can come be a special guest. I can provide them VIP services and free drinks and um, I can compensate them if they're ticket sales worthy. Um, and then I've got a bunch of guests that are lined up for that. Um, so it's basically my show a little bit later at night in yeah. Vegas and with a slightly different title. Um, but it's just my show, um, but bigger than my show. <laughs> are you able to like divulge any of the guests that you might have for that like when you say like lining up guests for it do you mean people who are involved at at the festival themselves 
Yeah. Um, uh, not in this very moment because I'm still working on contracts with a few of them, but I'm, I'm, okay. I'm in talks with a bunch of people that are performing at the festival. Um, and it's actually been easier to get the drummers of some of the bands, which is actually really cool. I have a, you know, I have a drum kit set up and yeah, uh, one yeah. of the things I have for the night is, uh, a, you know, a DJ. Um, and so we'll have sort of the emo DJ element. Um, but for, for any of the special guest artists, they'll come and they'll sing a song or whatever. But I, I hope that my headphones are falling. I hope they don't hang up on you. <laughs> okay. But okay. I, <clears throat> good. So I'll be able to actually set up uh, the drummers of some of the When We Were Young Fest bands to jam along with the DJ and do like a drummer versus DJ battle, which is something oh I came God. up with, but I've never seen before. But like when I go to a show, I watch the drummer and I'm just so excited about that idea. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. And speaking of the festival, who who are you looking forward at, you know, as going as a fan, who are you looking forward to seeing this year in particular? You know, last year I had like certain people in mind and then I ended up just sort of like take letting the festival take me where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I'm pretty open. You know, it'll be great to see Blink and Green Day, of course, the headliners. But uh, I have some friends that are playing. I'm so oh, yeah? excited to see games we play. Um, oh, nice. Magnolia yeah. Park. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm 30 Seconds to Mars will be cool. I'm just really excited. Yeah, it's a hell of a lineup. Yeah. I know that'll be cool. How, how do you know Magnolia Park? Have you toured with them before or have you collaborated in any way? How, how have you crossed Just, cross just the them? internet. Uh, right. You know, I've just spoken with Josh in DMs. Uh, we're yeah. looking forward to hanging out in Vegas. Um, you know, I, I, the internet's crazy because, um, you can watch people, they can watch you and you can sort of, uh, you could chat and then you meet in person. And you're like, yo, I feel <laughs> like I know you, but I don't, but I know you what's up. And then like you're yeah. homies, I get so excited for people's success. And I, and I feel like that's not like a big part of this industry. Like, honestly, if I were to like, be honest about it, I feel like a lot of this industry has an ugliness of jealousy and you'll yeah. see it backstage. It's com- competitive. I fucking hate it so yeah. I, I get so excited so yeah i was seeing like josh's videos blow up and like that well it's the whole band but but that makes me so excited for them that they're like putting so much heart into their art and then they make content that also still is in line with that um yeah and yeah yeah it's just so cool uh, and then it's blown up and that's that's the key it's it's tough to make content so when i see people win i'm like fuck yeah like, good job man yeah <laughs> I mean, what's what's your kind of um, experience of it like now? Because, you know, obviously, as as I touched upon before, like quite a big thing on TikTok and stuff like it. I just I can't imagine. I spoke to um, I don't know if you know Christian Gates, who's kind of big on TikTok as well. He was on the show a, a few. Weeks I don't ago. I don't know Christian Gates. No, he's kind, he's kind of he's coming up in that he's almost sort of emo rap kind of sound. And he's, he's quite cool. big in L.A. But like he was just telling me, like, just you know, because he has a couple of million followers on TikTok, just like what the experience is like every time he uploads a video and just like he used to leave the notifications on and it used to just, you know, obviously he'd be so sucked in. And then like if a video didn't reach so many likes, that kind of affected his mental health and stuff. Is that is that something you experience or? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good, um, good question. Yeah, when you're when you're hot, you're hot. You think you're hot. You think you are yeah. the shit. You're on top of the world. And when you're not, you're not. And the algorithms, much like going to Vegas, <clears throat> excuse me, much like going to Vegas are uh, playing with our dopamine and our psyche in that way. Um, so I have had unhealthy 
behaviors with it before. Um, and my wife does a pretty good job of being like, yo, stop it. And then I'm like, all right. Um, because you do start to recognize your worth based on those things. And that's not your worth because each person is a, 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 each view is a person. Each like is a person. And if you, if your music and your art connects with them, that is priceless. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, from one person having your lyric tattooed on them and, or hearing their story. So I do try to ground myself with that. Um, and I have, I have separated my, my brain from it a lot lately. Um, and I'm sort of in a little bit of a, uh, down moment right now in the algorithm, but I know the algorithm's fucking with me, but, um, Mm -hmm. I know that it's easier to post, and it's always been this way. It's easier to post covers and have them blow up. I did one the other day where I reposted one, and it, it did well. Um, but yeah. the originals is harder, and I I know that, and it's just keep throwing stuff at the wall. Um, but you do have to have very thick skin about that not being your worth. If something doesn't blow up, it doesn't mean the song is bad. It just yeah. means that you maybe you didn't post at the right time of the day. You didn't have the right caption, uh, or the algorithm just didn't give you the lucky strike of the day. Um, and post it again in the future. Um, so yeah, those are real things. I, I, I understand that. And I mean, you probably do a little bit as well too. I mean, you, you're, you're in the content world and it's yeah, tough. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we get very sucked into it, but you know, it's, it's yeah. easy to do, you know? Yeah, it's, it is easy to do. Um, the, really just that each person's a person is really valuable. But then also, if you start to think about it, if you go back and think business about it, again, it's still sort of like that. I hate to, I hate to refer to it as like the value of a customer financially, but like the problem is for me, and you also are on Spotify and streaming platforms that we're told our music is worth 0.003 cents. Like, yeah. if 100,000 people listen to my song, I am my bank account and my brain is all told I am worth $300. Yeah. So that that is confusing. So the value is not right. Um, so you do have to, as a business, have some way to put the value equal, equivalent out there. So it could be a T-shirt. Um, and or yeah. it could be a Patreon and it and something like that, somebody that has connected with your art and you maybe put a smile on their face or made them feel a little bit less alone, they're supporting they have the ability to support you to twenty dollars or more than what they think they're supporting you by point zero zero three cents by listening to your song, but like it's so watered down that yeah. you're not actually supporting me by listening to the song. If you want to support, there's other ways to do it. Um so yeah, it sucks that that that's sort of where we gain our value. Um, just yeah, do your best, mean. try to separate yourself from it, man. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, listen, man, I know I know we're nearly out of time here, but um, is it cool? I just ask you a couple more questions, and then we'll I'll kind of um, we can wrap this yeah, up, yeah. and I'll let you get on with your day. Um, what you mentioned touring the UK and Europe before? When, when did when when did you get to the UK? Which which stage of the career was it? Was it when in the more recent years or is it when the, the boy band was a thing well, like tell me a little bit about that while we have time the very first tour the day that my bandmate changed the passwords on us we were <laughs> flying to europe for the tour like two days later 
We ended up still flying. He, we hoped he would show up at the airport and he didn't. And then oh, okay. we toured, we did the rest of the tour and people sort of knew to like, not ask about where the drummer go. And we did oh, the rest wow. of the okay. tour, but we weren't able to promote the tour from the band socials. And it was a very weird situation. Um, that was the first tour. The second okay. European tour was actually with my wife. I uh, convinced her she's a YouTuber and yeah. she's not a she's not a musician. But you mentioned earlier that my baby might have music in his blood. My yeah. wife is from a line of musicians. Her dad is literally always playing them. He played with Kelly Clarkson at Bridgestone Arena in downtown Nashville last night. Her dad oh, wow. and she okay. grew up with going to her dad's shows with Faith Hill and all like Sheryl Crow and all the big people that he was touring with uh, in his okay, early days. Wow. So she's an incredible singer, but she's a YouTube, she talks um, uh, about yeah. social issues. Um, yeah. So when we started dating, I begged her to go on tour with me, which she would never do that now. Um, but she said yes. And we did a 27 city US tour and a 10 city European tour together. She sang with me on stage. And then I asked her to marry me in Italy. Um, oh, nice. And so that was my second European tour. Um, okay. And and so yeah, uh, I'm looking. I'm already looking at venues like my style of like renting venues this next year. I mean, I'll have a mm -hmm. baby, so for me, um, I'm gonna be doing in the spring probably fly shows where me and my drummer will do a short run of shows. So I'm looking at in the US, like Seattle and the Pacific Northwest and that area yep. and just go and yep. do a, like two shows on a weekend. And then I think I'm gonna do a quick UK run um, probably in like April or so um, is my hopeful, but I've picked out some venues that are rentals that are cheap. And I don't oh, know nice. if a regular venue and tour would pay me better or whatever, but I am starting to look that for, you know, 800 pounds or whatever, I can, rent a venue and do it myself uh i might do that unless i get the right opportunities um that's a lot of logistics i don't know how to like do all the stuff in the uk i guess i gotta drive on the correct side of the road or whatever like True. you know sounds like a yeah. nightmare um <laughs> but but i'll i'll figure it out um but yeah I, I think i'll probably do a quick little uk run next year come back maybe then i'll go do a little europe run come back and then I'll probably do a bigger tour in the summer. Yeah, I guess I'll just finish on this quite broad question. Just real quick, just tell me some of the bands that you came up on, like you grew up on, who are like the most influential to you. And then maybe finish by telling me which artists are impressing you at the moment. Um, so my my uh, music and upbringing is is pretty broad. I, I got really lucky. There was a kid in my elementary school class and his dad was in a famous rock band called heart uh they had oh, yeah. like barracuda yeah. and magic man yeah, yeah. and crazy on you and so i my alone my Great soccer song. my exactly my soccer coach and my guitar teacher was a classic rock and roll hall of fame guitar player um so he instilled a lot of really important things in my guitar playing and my musicianship at a young age and they, he gave me a four track cassette recorder and i yeah. wasn't able to edit and then i eventually got a four a 12 track cd recorder anyways i started with classic rock i'm a guitar player i played like blues like eric clapton and i studied yeah. Jimi hendrix and all of these great guitar players um but then I got uh, more into uh, the 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 singing. And so now I, I got a little older. I started to hear Chester Bennington and Linkin Park and, and Incubus and Brandon Boyd and and uh, Muse, Matt Bellamy. I started to hear all these rock male tenors. 
and I fell in love with with that part of this of the storytelling um, and of the singing. And my voice developed and developed. And then now uh, with with TikTok, uh, I learned my videos do better if I'm doing something that's like impressive. And so once I started that a few years ago, TikTok became my practice place of making my voice better. Each day I was trying to sing the next hardest thing. And as a result, for years of doing that, I was all, and I do all my videos live. Every video you've seen of me singing on TikTok, unless it's a music video that's like I'm grabbing from it, it's a live, you're watching and listening to the performance you're hearing. Yeah. And that is 110% of my skill. Like that, I couldn't have sang one note higher. And that made me a better singer. Um, so to answer your question, uh, I actually both of your questions. Um, oh, I love pop music and rock music and staying up with the times. And I've been doing that, but I also have studied a lot of the greats uh, from blues and classic rock and, and all of that. And I grew up in a really cool era of music. Um, and then also the people that influence me and inspire me the most are my peers. The other people, you mentioned Magnolia Park killing it on TikTok. My peers are doing cool things at the same time as me. And yeah. it reminds me of, and I'm not on a legend status like this, but I remember I read Eric Clapton's autobiography and he was in London and him and Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles and all of them were hanging out, taking drugs and doing cool shit together and sort of competitively, but in a good way, pushing the bar for each other. And sure, I haven't had a chance to take drugs with everybody, but <laughs> that's a bad joke. But um, <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is like there's all of the peers that are sort of doing cool shit on online. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like Julian from Loveless and uh, man, there's just so many people on socials that are my friends or colleagues, whatever you want to call them, that I'm cheering on from the sidelines. But they inspire me. They 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 make me want to try different things, different techniques and think about my art in different ways and yeah. uh, push myself to be better. And it's such an exciting time. And it feels like me hanging out with Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix and whatever. Granted, we're not all go. greats, but like, I feel like we're, we're in a cool playing field of like excitement on playing off each other. So yeah, I'm inspired by my peers. I think on that note, David, um, I can let you go. I, I really appreciate your time, um, which I guess was what was about midday for you at the minute. Yeah, Late yeah, morning, midday. Uh, um, oh, yeah, almost noon. Uh, got a ton of stuff to do. Tour starts in a few days. I'm gonna gonna rehearse and um, finish up some songs and for the tour. And nice. yeah, uh, and thank you so much for having me. I, I really oh, appreciate. It. I'm looking looking forward to drinking some warm beer with you that's how we do it yeah yeah i mean uh, craft beer has got bigger here but we still love our uh, room temperature car scale yeah yeah man let's uh, i do i do actually i'm a big cascale fan so let's 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 kick back some warm some warm beers together uh, i'd love next that man. year i'd love that let's yeah. do it and yeah i wish you all the best with this upcoming tour thank you i really appreciate it and i can't wait for you to arrive and we'll see